All right, welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by the fantastic Ray D. Magden, who is an epic author of note. She's written, what is it, 11 novels now and a whole bunch of, of fanfic? Yes, 11 novels and over 270 works of fanfiction on Archive of Our Own. 270? Yes, 270. And I actually checked the stats on Archive of Our Own the other day. I've written over 3 million words of fanfiction, so I'm a total nerd. I actually, I cannot even wrap my head around that. Over 3 million words. That's incredible. How long have you been doing this? Well, I've been writing fanfiction since... 2018. Seriously, I started with Alex and Olivia from Law and Order SVU. Um, I was in college and in between practicing flute because I was a, a flutist going for a performance degree in music. I just needed to express my sapphicness, so I started writing Law and Order fanfiction, and then it progressed to Mass Effect and Korasami from The Legend of Korra and Klexa from The Hundred. And now Winona Earp's one of my favorite shows, so I write a lot of way hot fan fiction too. Nice. I believe that that's popular. I, I don't know much about fanfic. I don't actually dabble in the arena, so I can't speak from any kind of experience, but I believe that that is popular. I get told. Oh yeah, people love it. Who doesn't love lesbians in a Stetson? You can't get better than that. Well, th this is true. Okay, but let's start today. Before we get into the, the hot topic of you, let's start with your three novel recommendations now what i find so very interesting with your works is you try to represent across the spectrum so you don't just do lesbians you do trans women you do queer you do um, non-binary you do a whole range of of sort of all across the spectrum is your character range right absolutely i think everyone deserves to see themselves be a hero i mean my focus is definitely sapphic women so lesbian women bisexual women queer women but you know, I really want non-binary people and trans people who can also be lesbians and bisexual people, you know, to have their time in the spotlight. Everyone is hungry for stories about people that are like themselves, and it gives them a sense of courage, a sense of well-being, a sense of importance. I mean, I got tattoos on my arms of my favorite fictional female characters, so I have Lexa... Cora, Asami, Commander Shepard, Liara, and of course Clark Griffin on my arms. And I look at them, and when I'm depressed, they just give me this surge of warmth and love because I think I can be like that. I can be a hero. And I want everyone to feel that way. So that's, that's my goal when I'm writing fiction, is to make everyone feel like they can achieve the world and fall in love and be happy. So now my question is, the books you chose today... Are they lesbian or do they represent across the spectrum? Well, some of the books I chose today are pretty diverse. Um, the first one I chose is actually not a novel. It's a series of short stories by a black lesbian author. Um, it's called Two Moons, published by BLF Press. And, you know, I don't usually go in for short stories as much when I'm buying stuff off Amazon. But, oh my god, the prose on Two Moons is just breathtaking. There are these little gems that I want to read over and over again. Okay, so Two Moons is a bunch of lesbian short stories, and one of them, the, the namesake, is just, it's about this girl, this beautiful black woman who is dreamy and focused on the moon, and she's obsessed with the moon, and the moon actually 
is personified and becomes a sentient being and falls in love with her and then brings this girl Celine up to space and embraces her forever and Celine becomes a second moon in the sky and it's like the ultimate lesbian love story I mean can you imagine it getting any better than a beautiful dreamy girl who doesn't feel part of the earth that she's been born on going up to space and falling in love with the moon and basically marrying the moon forever it's just so beautiful I just I have to I have to recommend two moons it's so great of course it would be remiss of me to not uh, mention the author her name's Crystal A. Smith so absolutely buy two moons it's so good it only has one review on Amazon and I can't believe it it has more on Goodreads, but... I wish people would review on Amazon. And I know that Amazon's making it increasingly difficult to do so because you have to buy $50 worth of products in that year in order to be able to do it. You have to not be friends with those people on Facebook if you've linked your Facebook account. But unfortunately, Goodreads, even though it's it's owned by Amazon, its reviews don't count towards the Amazon algorithm of recommending a book, that book to other potential readers. So if you're listening to this and you haven't reviewed a book on Amazon, go review it on Amazon so that others can find it. Sorry. Yes, please, please do. It's so good for us indie authors to have that advantage in the algorithm. One of my novels, Lucky Seven, I purposely told my followers, please, please, please review on Amazon. And I saw it reflected in the sales numbers. Once I broke 50 reviews on that book, like my sales went, shoop. it helps so much. The algorithm kicks in then and starts recommending your book to other readers because it's like, oh, it must be popular. It's got over 50 reviews. And that's why it's so important, especially for a small sector like Les Fick. Okay, so that's that sounds like a fantastic book. So how long is it? How many stories are there? I don't know how, how many stories. I don't know off the top of my head, but the stories are short. They're just a few pages. Um, it took me about two hours to read the whole book, but it was absolutely gorgeous i can't recommend it highly enough best thing i've read all year even though you're not a short story reader yes even though i'm not really a short story reader except if it's fan fiction like i'll read my naughty fan fiction in short story form but this is just fantastic i was i was blown away okay great all right so that's your first one what's your second one okay my next one <laughs> it's an old favorite it's an old book but I can't, I always find myself rereading it. Um, it's called Possessing Morgan by Erica Lawson. Um, and it's, it's basically, this. I mean this in the best possible way. It's a Law & Order SVU fanfic that basically took the path of Xena Uber, so they turned it into an original fiction. And it's about a detective named Morgan O'Callaghan who kind of comes head-to-head -head with a district attorney from the South who just moved to New York City and it's spicy and fun and the po the plot is great i mean it's just it's so full of tropes but tropes are good sometimes in the best way so if you like a good detective story you're going to like possessing morgan it's lovely so possessing morgan by erica lawson it's one of the few physical books i own and you know it's the lesfickiest of lesfic but i can't I can't stop myself from enjoying it. It's so good. I actually think that that's fine. Hey, some of my favorites are very tropey books, but just because of the way they're done, there's a bit of magic in them. There's something about it that just speaks to your soul. It's stuck with me for years. I don't know why this novel has clung to me the way it has, but I always find myself picking it up again. I don't know what it is, the secret sauce, but I like it. Fantastic. 
Okay, so far we have a collection of short stories and a detective novel from you. You've got quite a wide reading uh, sort of sphere that you seem to enjoy. I love all genres. Spec fic is one of my favorite genres for sure. So le lesbian science fiction and lesbian fantasy are just, you know, I can't, can't get enough. You've written in that, in those genres. They're my favorites. I've dabbled in mysteries and thrillers, but they're my favorites, yeah. All right, so your third book that you want to recommend. Okay, so my third book, I was trying so hard to choose, and I just couldn't pick a book, so I picked an author that I think more people need to know about. <laughs> I know that's cheating, but M.J. Duncan. M.J. Duncan is an old friend of mine. We've known each other for years, but her writing has just blossomed in the past few years. Now, she does stick to modern day, so she's not a spec fic writer, but her books, Veritas, Second Chances, um, just, they are the most beautiful slow burn stories I've ever read that are modern day. And I am not really a modern day reader so much. I like spec fic. I like sci-fi. I like fantasy. I like weird. But something about them just keeps the tension taut, even though it's, you know, I really like books where the main characters have sex pretty early and then they have a messy fallout after and have to get back together. That's my guilty pleasure when I'm writing. So as a reader, I don't really go for modern day slow burns, but these just blow my mind every time I buy her books on the day that they're released. And she's an independent writer, so she's not with a publishing house, so I think more people need to know about MJ Duncan. Follow her on Twitter, follow her on Tumblr. She just, she does such great things, and I think more people should should read her books. And I have a, I have a special weakness for Veritas. It's about this, like, Okay, so there's a chef on a cruise ship, and she falls in love with one of the passengers while they're sailing around in the tropics, and it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I love MJ Duncan. She's a sweetheart. So, she, <laughs> but I love the way she writes. Her writing itself is just beautiful to to read. It it's tangible. Yeah, she's a doll. She's great. We wrote Alex and Olivia fan fiction together back in the day. That's pretty cool. Okay, so I don't know why people don't, like, I say three books and I get a collection of short stories, which is a whole lot of books, and then I get another book, and then I get an author with, like, ten books. I'm sorry! <laughs> oh, that's okay. You just fall in line with all of these typical fans. I just love books so much, I can't pick Don't Make Me Choose three. Well, Two Moons is absolutely beautiful, so, I mean, best thing I've read all year, like I said, and it's a black lesbian writing for a black lesbian press. Doesn't get better than that. That's actually pretty awesome. Like, I definitely want to see more of that. So now let's talk about you and your work. Oh, yes, please. Let's start with, if somebody is new to you and has never read your work before, what's the first book they should read? Lucky Seven. Lucky Seven is my most recent pride and joy. It came out on February 4th of this year. Um, if I had to describe the plot in an elevator pitch, think Ocean's Eleven, 50 Years in the Future, only instead of robbing a casino, this team of queer misfits, each with their own specialized skill, are taking down an evil corporation. So um, it's cyberpunk, which is usually a pretty nihilistic genre. You know, it's a hard-boiled, the world is awful sort of genre. But Lucky Seven, I think, has a streak of hope in it and definitely a streak of gayness in it that most cyberpunk, uh, which is written and dominated by men, white men in particular, does not have. So... 
I think Lucky 7 really brings something fresh and new to the genre. And of course you get cool things like artificial intelligences, virtual dragons, virtual heists. So the main character is Elena Nevarez. She is a jacker, so she plugs into the internet with her brain via virtual reality. Her whole crew got murdered by Axis Generations, which is this evil corporation uh, trying to take over the world. And um, she hooks up with Sasha, and Sasha is a handler. So she runs this tight-knit crew of queer people, each with their own specialized skill. So there's like a giant cyborg named Rock, who's asexual and, and doesn't talk. Um, there's a uh, Cherry. She's a Venezuelan trans woman who is an explosives expert. So she's a hard drinking, hard swearing, but her nails and makeup are always perfect. And she likes to blow stuff up. And Cherry is married to Rami, who is a non-binary master of disguise. And they use they, them pronouns, except when they're in disguise. And so sometimes they dress like a man. Sometimes they dress like a woman. And Rami is Palestinian and they have an invisibility belt, which is cool. And then there's Doc. She's a 13-year-old medical genius who reattaches severed limbs, but is also like the baby sister of the crew. And basically, Elena comes and joins this crew, and they have to erase themselves from Axis Generation's database. But while they're doing that, they stumble upon a basically a big conspiracy that relates to Sasha's past life. So it's a book about who you are as an individual if you lose some of your memories, are you still that same individual? Do your genetics make you who you are? Can an artificial intelligence be an individual? So it really goes into some pretty deep themes in addition to all the lesbian romance. I just, I couldn't be prouder of it. I have been blown away by the fan response. There's been fan art of it. There's over 50 reviews on Amazon and everyone loves it. And I'm just so happy because I love these characters too. And they mean so much to me. Even if you don't like sci-fi, you're going to like this. Okay, so let's talk about what motivates you as an author. Now, you, you're quite a popular author. I have I put out on social media a thing saying, I'm talking to you later today. What do people want to say? And mostly people are just raving and saying, oh, tell her I love her. Tell oh, her I love her work. That's so sweet. Tell her I love her fan fiction. Just tell her I love her. Right? That's so sweet. I'm touched. So people absolutely adore you. Um, and your patrons seem to adore you too. I mean, you've got quite an epic Patreon uh, page going on as well. Not that I was cyber-stalking you or anything today. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally fine. Um, Patreon has been an amazing tool. And I just want to shout out to my patrons and say thank you. They donate a small monthly amount to me. And in return, they get sneak peeks at like my novels, the next Fur and Fangs short story, which is about a werewolf vampire romance in New York City. So I know I said I don't read short stories, but I write them. <laughs> and um, they just, by giving a small amount every month, they're supporting an independent queer author. Um, and they allow me to stay home and write full time. So I don't have to have a job at like Dunkin' Donuts or something. Or I don't have to teach piano lessons anymore. I can just write full time. And in doing so, in supporting me, they are helping me release more work for free or lower price so that underprivileged queer people who don't have the money to necessarily buy everything I put out can access it. Like, I made my novel The Second Sister free. It's a retelling of Cinderella, where she falls in love with her stepsister, and they have to team up to save the prince from her other evil stepsister. And I made that novel free for everybody on Amazon because I wanted young queer people who might be closeted, might be on their mom's credit card and can't just buy it, to, to have something to read. 
And sometimes I do book drives where I give free copies of my books to people who ask, who can't afford it, who might live in other countries or, you know, who might, you know, not have a job at the moment. And my, my patrons are who allow me to do that. So thank you, patrons. You are not only helping me feed my dog and my cats, but you are, and myself, that comes eventually on the list. But you're, you're helping me release works for free for, um, for people who can't just go buy it. And I, I love you for it. You're doing important work for our community. Absolutely. I second that. Uh, patrons everywhere. I'm very grateful to my patrons too. Yes, be patrons of the Lesbian Review. Yes, please. Okay, so 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 we've gotten a little bit into what motivates you, which is like speaking to the queer spectrum. But what else, what gets you to sit down and start writing a story? Because I think that's the, the toughest thing for writers, isn't it? It is, and this ties in to what advice would I give writers. You have to focus on the system and not the goal. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. You have to focus on the system and not the goal. So say your goal is to write a novel. That's a great goal. But if you think, I'm going to write a novel, it can be intimidating. You can lose steam. Having a big goal like that can almost scare you out of completing it or you procrastinate on it you get discouraged if it doesn't happen right away so you need to break it down into small steps you need to focus on the system and in order to write a novel your system has to be small 500 word chunks that's what a novel is made up of is small chunks of words it's made up of chapters it's made up of paragraphs so what you need to do is schedule a specific time and sit down and write a chunk, even if you don't feel like it. I mean, I write when I'm sick. I write when I'm crampy on my period. I write when I am uninspired and demotivated. I write when I'm depressed and anxious. I write even if it comes out bad, because you can always fix a bad chapter. You can always edit a bad sentence. But if you don't have anything on the page, then you have nothing to work with. So. I think what motivates me is allowing myself to write badly and write frequently. Because if you write a lot of words, eventually something beautiful is going to be buried in there and you can find it and polish it up. Do you are you a plotter or a pantser? I started out as a pantser. I've become more of a plotter over the years. Lucky Seven definitely taught me a lesson. It went through seven revisions, and I had to follow each character's motivational arc, like, would they actually go to this meeting, or would it be too dangerous logically for them to go to this abandoned building? So I had to really go through and trace each character's chain of actions and decisions. So it kind of taught me the value of plotting. Um, I don't do super big, long, detailed outlines, but I definitely write chapter one, colon, write three sentences about what happens in chapter one. Chapter two, colon, write three sentences about what happens in chapter two. And it's easier if you think the character has to go into a scene one way, the point of view character, and come out different than they were at the start of the scene. So sitting down with a scene and thinking, okay, in this scene, the character starts out happy because she just escaped certain death. At the end of the scene, how is she different? So you know, transitioning from happy to angry or sad to hopeful is is good. Thinking about the transition within the scene for your point of view character is important. That makes sense. 
So what demotivates you apart from period cramps, which <sighs> I think demotivates everyone? <laughs> yeah. What demotivates me? Um, what demotivates me the most is people who don't understand that not everything is written for them. Some people online like to hate read things. They read things that they know they won't like and then shout their opinions about how they didn't like this thing to the world. And sometimes you just got to take care of yourself. You got to be kind to yourself. If you know you're not going to like something and it's for a different audience, you got to you got to take the responsibility to read things that are positive for you. So, I mean, I know not every book is written for every person. And sometimes there are some people who go out of their way to be negative, And that demotivates me. You should focus on promoting work you love instead of dragging work that doesn't work for you. So that's what I try to do on my blog. There are things I read that I don't like, that I'm not comfortable with, that just push buttons that I don't want to have pushed. And if I stumble across something like that, I hit the back button and I go find something else. And I think everyone should have that attitude. I think it's important. I 100% agree with you. We have a policy that we don't review things we don't like. That is 100% the way to go. And it's one reason I read a lot of your reviews. I'm an avid viewer of your site. And I appreciate that your reviews are honest but positive. So I, I like that. If we have a book on our site, it's because we enjoyed it and recommend it. So even if we say something like, you know, we, we didn't like this ending or whatever it is, we actually enjoyed it enough to review it. If we didn't like a book, we don't review it. Uh, my goal in life is not to make anything negative. It's to put out positive, happy things into the world. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you guys reviewed my book, The Witch's Daughter, which is the third book in the Amandir series, which is the Cinderella retold fairy tale series. And The Witch's Daughter, uh, there is, it is not a happy sex scene. Um, it's not non-consensual, but it's not a happy sex scene. There is a few paragraphs of description of one of the characters having sex with a man because she's trying to escape and she thinks this guy's going to help her. And it was in the con section on the review, but the reviewer of The Witch's Daughter still gave it an absolutely beautiful review. She offered it more as like a warning. There is a brief heterosexual sex scene in this book, um, and you should be aware of that. And that's how to do it. I mean, you warn people about the content so they're not shocked, but you, you still have an overall, I loved this book. I recommend it. It just gets better and better. So there are ways to, to warn people about content they might not like without trashing the whole book. I mean, this person really liked The Witch's Daughter and they recommended it highly. So the way you do the pros and the cons on your reviews on The Lesbian Review, I love it. Because someone else's con might be someone else's I don't care. Yeah. Well, we, we have a couple of, of things that we, we'll just give a heads up on. And heterosexual sex is one of them, just based on who our audience is. Well, personally, I don't like reading heterosexual sex scenes, like, at all. And if I was writing The Witch's Daughter again, I'd probably change that bit. I mean, just to be clear, it's a, it's a lesbian romance, and there is a happy lesbian ending, and it's all fine. But, you know, I kind of wish I hadn't written that part. <laughs> okay so you sit down frequently and write how frequently is it every day every day seven days a week seven days a week although my therapist has ordered me to start taking Sundays off sometimes I succeed in that sometimes I don't <laughs> and how long is your writing sessions on average 
I usually alternate writing sessions with other activities like I'll write for 45 minutes and then I'll go do the laundry I'll write for 45 minutes and then I'll watch an episode of Bones or something and so you know I get several hours by the time I'm through the day but it's broken up that's just what works for me personally okay that makes sense so how many books are you writing every year well that depends (laughs) I usually put out about three to four books a year but this past year I only published a series of short stories because I was working my butt off on Lucky 7 so this year I'm planning to release three books there will be Lucky 7's out we're going to release the final compilation of Fur and Fangs Uh, we're going to do Eclipsing the Sun which is the third in my Dark Horizons trilogy and hopefully we can get Lucky 8 out before the end of the year as well that would be awesome but yeah, so I'd say three that, on average. Is that a follow-up to Lucky 7? Oh, yeah, there's going to be a sequel for sure. Oh, nice. Okay. And it has the naming stuff. scheme all figured out. The worst is naming your books. So, you know, coming up with titles is the bane of my existence. So having a set title formula is like a dream come true for me. Nice. Okay. Is there anything else you want to add? We already talked about reviewing books on Amazon, right? (laughs) Because it's so important. Some of the most beautiful reviews and the most inspiring words I've ever gotten have been in Amazon reviews. It's so important. So if you liked a book, please take two minutes and tell the author and tell the world. Because honestly, the reason that I'm able to do what I do is because word of mouth. Because I have followers who are passionate about diverse work, about lesbian, bisexual, queer trans non-binary heroes and they want to share it with their friends so I can't tell you how many people have said I told my friend about your work and she loved it they thought it was great they were blown away by Fur and Fangs and having Riley as a non-binary protagonist they they loved Elena and how she just happens to be Mexican but the story isn't about that it's about her being a badass hacker who saves the world and it's just, it's so great to see someone geeking out with their friends about my work. Um, so if you read a great book, tell your friends, review it on Amazon, message the author. I mean, we love talking to people who read our books. We are our own biggest fans. So to have other people <laughs> message us and, and share their love and their appreciation is, honestly, it makes my career worthwhile. It's why I feel that what I do is meaningful. So... You can't, you can't get any better than supportive fans. I love them. I love them. Absolutely. Okay, so where can people find you online? All right. So my website is radymagden.com, radymagden.com, R-A-E-D-M-A-G-D-O-N.com. My Amazon author profile has all of my books on it. My Goodreads profile has all of my books on it. And I'm sure you'll put links. Um, but the biggest place I am online is Tumblr, for sure. Radymagden.tumblr.com. That's my blog. I reblog my books. I reblog other people's books. I reblog fan fiction. I reblog fan art. I write about being a sapphic woman. I publish awkward gay disaster stories. People send me these messages about like their embarrassing encounters with hot women. So if you go to the awkward gay disasters tag, you're in for a fun time. <laughs> I give advice. Sometimes I give sex advice. So, radymagden.tumblr.com is my blog. On Twitter, I'm radymagden. 
I'm Ray Imagine everywhere, so. You give sex advice. Sometimes, yeah. I had a girl yesterday ask if it was normal to be able to orgasm by herself when she's masturbating and not with her partner, and I said, yeah, just make it a collaborative effort. You start and she finishes, or she starts and you finish. It's okay. So, yeah, I do give sex advice sometimes. And it's, it's, I make a huge effort to be trans-inclusive in my sex advice, so I'm, what I hope is a very, that's not up for me to decide as a cis person whether I'm a good ally or not, but I attempt to be a good ally to the trans community. So trans people are welcome on my blog. I just want to make that explicitly clear. Okay, I'm going to put links to everything We've got Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon, Amazon, Goodreads, and websites. All in the show notes, so go find them there. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ray. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. I have wanted to be on your podcast for a while. I mean, I messaged you because the link to get on your mailing list was broken, and the reason I wanted to be on the mailing list was I could be on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, if authors out there are, are listening to this and you want to be on the podcast, just hit me up. You can email me on podcast at com. You can email me on lesmedia at com. They all come to me. I have many, many email addresses. You can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. I'm there. I like social media. So don't be shy. I'm very friendly. She is. She is. From the 35 minutes I've spent on this podcast, you're very friendly. <laughs> okay. That's all for this week. I'm Sheena and you've been listening to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I've been joined today by Ray D. Magden. Thank you all for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean or Stitcher. Leave us some of your thoughts and share this with your friends. The more people that know about us, the better. For those who are interested in exclusive content, we have a Patreon account. The link is in the show notes. Otherwise, you can find us on patreon.com slash the lesbian talk show. Your contribution helps us reach more listeners. Plus, you get exclusive content. This month's exclusive content includes questions that I asked Rady Magden that were not answered in this particular podcast. Here's a teaser. Hit me, I'm ready. What embarrasses you? When... What delights you? (laughs) It took me a while to get over my shame about being into some kinky stuff. You're very aware of the the non-binary space and the trans space and so on. Why is that? Is this just a lot of research? Is this friends? Is this... And that's the end of the teaser. Have a lovely day. Goodbye, everyone. Spread positivity. Read gay books.